0: We're so glad that you're here with us. Thankful for another day that the Lord has given us to come together, together with your with God's people, to to share a little bit of the Word this evening. So glad that you're here. If you would, you just hit the like and the share button. Let other folks know that we're we're on tonight. And, Hope you're enjoying this cool, rainy, I think I saw a few minutes ago that the temperature outside's like 55 degrees, just thankful that it stopped raining long enough that we could get together to share the word, hopefully it won't be raining while we're in here, it will be a little bit loud with this metal roof, but we're glad that you're joining us tonight, glad that you're with us. And since today's the first day of fall, I talk, thought I'd uh, talk about seasons tonight. You know, the natural seasons we have, you know, spring and summer, fall, winter. And just like our natural seasons, we have spiritual seasons that we go through. You know, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes reminds us, that every season of life has a purpose. Ecclesiastes three, one through eight. And this is uh, New Living Translation. Everything that I read tonight will be New Living Translation, I believe. It says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away from embracing, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. You know, um, we all have seasons in our life. And and I, I, I don't know what season that you're in. You don't know what season I'm in. At the present, you know, we're going to face times of great difficulty. But then again, we're going to have times of great joy. Um, We'll have seasons that are lean where we're full of hard work. And it seems like we can barely get, get by on things. And then we'll have seasons of plenty. And God can use each one of those seasons of our life to teach us something about who he is. And about how much he loves us you know we might not fully understand uh, what god has planned for us but our attitude toward life changes when we learn to see the good times and the bad times as opportunities to grow closer to father but our Heavenly Father loves us so much and he's always wanting to teach us. He's wanting us to learn how to be more like him in, in, in everything that we do. And so we, as we journey through the seasons of our life, we're going to experience ups and downs. Um, perhaps in your own life, you've experienced the highs the, and along with the highs comes the lows. You know, maybe right now you're going through something that maybe feels like you're riding on a roller coaster. You ever been for a ride on a real roller coaster? Did you enjoy it? Is the big question. You know, roller coasters, they go up and down, they twist, they turn, they loop, they plummet. You know, that ride on a roller coaster is usually over in just a couple of minutes. And maybe for those two minutes you hold on so tight your knuckles turn white. In those two minutes you laugh, you scream, you cry, you might even struggle to catch your breath. Then when it's over you're safe. You climb off the roller coaster and you get back to standing on solid ground again. And then one of two things usually happens. You're either going to run to the back of the line so you can get on the roller coaster and ride it again. Or you're going to throw up. You're going to vow not to be that stupid ever again. And you're going to move on and you're going to go do something else. You know, we all experience those ups and downs in our lives. But, you know, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we don't face them on our own. God's with us. Through, through it all, through everything that we go through, his promise to us is that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So what, it, what spiritual season are you experiencing right now? You feel like you're on that roller coaster, you're going high and you're going low and you're being twisted and turned and flipped and rolled over and beat up. I don't like wooden roller coasters. Wooden roller coasters will beat you half to death. I don't like wooden roller coasters. I like those fast, sleek, steel rail. But sometimes we, in our seasons of life, we get beat up. And whatever we're going through, whatever situation we're in, God is there with us. whether we feel like we're in the valley of despair or we are standing exalted on the highest mountaintop in our spiritual walk, God's with us. Good times, bad times, he's there. And uh, this evening I wanna look at a couple of scriptures in the book of Habakkuk. Um, Give you a little bit of background To put what we're about to read into context for you. Um, Habakkuk was the last of the minor prophets, if, if there's any such thing as a minor prophet. And he was the last of the minor prophets to preach in Judah. And he prophesied during the fall of the Assyrian Empire in uh, 610 BC, and then the final Babylonian invasion of Judah in 588 BC. And so Judah was the southern kingdom of Israel. And and during the reign of King Josiah, it experienced a time when uh, there was peace, there was prosperity, there was reform, there was restoration. And during the 31 years that Josiah was a was the king, there was prosperity and stability and, and spiritual revival. Then Josiah died and his sons took over and everything changed in Judah. You know, Judah was a nation that was in chaos. Instead of peace, there was violence. People turned against each other and perversion and wickedness spread throughout all the land of Judah. You know, um, here we're going to read uh, the first chapter of Habakkuk, verses 1 through 4. Like I said tonight, uh, I think everything that I'm reading is going to be the New Living Translation. But it says this, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. You know, these words were written over 2,500 years ago. But they sound like they could be talking about today. They sound like they could have been written for today. Remember the words of Solomon in in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1. Says this, generations come and generations go. But the earth never changes. The sun rises, the sun sets. Then it hurries around to rise again. History merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. And you know, since Habakkuk wrote these words, days and weeks and months and years, And decades and centuries have passed. All this time's gone by. Seasons have come and seasons have gone. And they've come again. Yet his words seem to accurately describe our world today. You know, the the book of Habakkuk is a one-on-one record of a conversation between the prophet and God. So I want to ask you tonight, how often do you take the time to have a conversation with God? A real conversation with God. Not just a quick prayer asking God to do something for you or praying for somebody else. A real conversation between you and your Heavenly Father. First Peter 5, 7 reminds us. That we can bring all of our cares, we can bring all of our worries, all of our hopes and our fears and our dreams to God because he cares for us. Each one of us. Whatever season it feels like that you're in, whatever circumstance or situation you're in right this minute, have you made the time to really pray about it? And if you have prayed about it, were you just on transmit? Or did you take the time to pause and to wait and to sit in the presence of God so that He could talk to you and He could answer you? So that you could receive His guidance in your situation. That's the kind of conversation that Habakkuk was having. He prays and then he waits and then he listens for God to answer his prayer. In this conversation, in this prayer, Habakkuk is questioning God. The word he uses seem a little bit angry, maybe a little bit frustrated. You know, Habakkuk is in effect, he's complaining to God because of all the violence and the wickedness that he sees in the land. Maybe a Sometime or another, we've all asked God a similar question in our prayers. You know, just this morning here in Louisville in the Russell neighborhood, there was a drive-by shooting at a bus stop. A young man lost his life to a drive-by shooting. Two other students were injured. And you sit and you just say, why Why does it have to happen? And then you look around and you think and you, you see and you see all the things that are going on, and you, OK, Lord, why is there so much injustice in the world? Why is there so much pain? Why do evil and the wicked seem to prosper so much? Why are victims treated worse than criminals? Why do the innocent suffer? You ever asked a question like that? Maybe you read a newspaper article or uh, you've watched the news and questions like that start running through your mind. You know, and Habakkuk here is in a season where everything seemed to be going wrong and everything seemed to be crazy in his world. Nothing going right. Habakkuk looked at the situation around him and it upset him and it frustrated him and he began to talk to God about it. Then God begins to answer Habakkuk because Habakkuk took the time to pray and then sit and listen for God's answer. God tells Habakkuk what he's going to do. Habakkuk uh, chapter one, verse five says, the Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed. <laughs> For I'm doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if somebody told you about it. Now that seems like a great answer to Habakkuk's Question, God says he's going to do something so amazing that it's going to be beyond belief that you wouldn't believe it if somebody told you it was going to happen. Can you imagine the smile on Habakkuk's face? Here he is. He's complaining about everything that's going on. And God tells him, just sit back. I'm going to do something so miraculous, something so great that you wouldn't believe it if somebody told you exactly what was going to happen but then God wouldn't finish in his response. God continues on in verses six and seven. It says, the Lord replied, look around the nations, look and be amazed for I'm doing something in your own day. Something you wouldn't believe if somebody, if someone told you about it, I'm raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and a violent people. They'll march across the world and conquer other lands. They're notorious for their cruelty and do whatever they like. God told Habakkuk. He said, I'm going to do something miraculous. I'm going to do something. I'm going to answer your prayers. I'm sending the Babylonians to take everything over. Habakkuk's asking for help. And then God says he's going to solve all the problem in Judah by sending the Babylonians to To wipe out everybody and everything. That wasn't the answer that Habakkuk was expecting. Habakkuk doesn't understand God's answer and he begins to question God again. Why are you sending a group of people who are more wicked, more violent, more perverted than we are to destroy us? Why are you sending the wicked to destroy the righteous? Habakkuk doesn't understand God's answer. Maybe there's times when you've prayed and you found it difficult to understand God's answer to your prayer. You know, there's times when we pray, when we have an idea fixed in our head of how we want God to answer us. We want God to, to, to give it to us the way that we're expecting it. And and we're looking at it, you know, we've got it fixed in our mind, just how God's going to answer our prayer and how he's going to fix it. You know, we think think it through, we reason it out and we convince ourselves of the answer that we think God is going to give us. We expect a specific answer. We expect a specific outcome. Yet God's answer is far from what we expected to happen. You ever been in that place? You ever been where Herbacca was? I know for me, I have. You know, I had a... Early 1990s, I had a job that I absolutely loved. Favorite job I ever had. And I got fired. I was lower level management and, and someone above me wasn't doing their job And so things were controlled by the corporate office in another state who were just looking at numbers. And so somebody above me wasn't doing their job. And corporate decided that I was the problem. So they fired me. Well, then a few months later, they figured out where the real problem was and they gave that person the option of quit or get fired. So, so they quit. But when I found this out, I thought, okay, I got a chance to get this job back. You know, I prayed, I, I prayed, okay, okay, Lord, you know, reinstate me. Let, let me get that job back. Let me get back in, in, in that place. But that wasn't what happened. Instead, I went and I worked another job. Then I got a little bit better job and I went to that job. About a year and a half later, I wound up getting the best paying job that I've ever had in my life. It wasn't the answer that I was expecting. I was expecting to go back to that job that I just absolutely loved. But I didn't get the answer that I was expecting. I got a better answer. You know, the truth is God has a perfect plan and he has a purpose for our life. And and I was so certain of what God was going to do. I missed what he was doing at the time. I missed what he was already doing to lead me to the place that he wanted me to be. So back to Habakkuk. You know, he prays the second time, and again, he waits on on the Lord to answer. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4 says, Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end. It will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look At the proud, they trust in themselves and their lives are crooked, but the righteousness will live by their faithfulness in God. Listen to verse four again. But the righteousness will live by their faithfulness in God. You know, three times in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul quotes Habakkuk chapter two, verse four. It's in Romans one seventeen and Galatians three eleven and in Hebrews ten thirty eight. Romans one seventeen says it like this: This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith, as the Scripture said. It is through faith that a righteous person has life. Galatians three and eleven. So it's clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture said it's through faith that a righteous person has life. Hebrews ten thirty eight. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Faithfulness to God. What does that mean? It means trusting God in whatever season we're in. No matter the season that we're going through. Trust who God is. Trust in his perfect plan. Trusting in his provision. Trusting in his presence. Trusting in his preeminence trusting in his power in the springtime of our life we have to trust god in the summer of our life we have to trust god in the autumn of life we have to trust god in the winter time of life we have to trust god in the good times In the bad times, trust God. In the calm before the storm, trust God. When the storm comes, trust God. In the middle of the storm when it seems like your boat is getting full of water and you don't know if you're gonna make it, trust God. After the storm, trust God. Be faithful to God, be steadfast in your faith. Whatever season of life you're in, Have faith. You know, as you go on further into Habakkuk chapter 2, and God continues his second response to Habakkuk by admonishing the people of Judah for their pride, greed, dishonesty, violence, sexual immorality, and idolatry. God speaks, and Habakkuk begins to understand Habakkuk begins to understand he can't argue with God and his plan and his purpose. The questions stop. As Habakkuk realizes that he can't control God's plan or change God's purpose. Habakkuk is still perplexed. He still doesn't fully understand He's still a little frustrated, but in faith he chooses to trust God. And believe me, there there are seasons we're going to we're going to question what God's doing. There're seasons when we're not going to understand what God is doing. But in every season that we encounter, in every season that we go through, and like I said, seasons come and seasons go. We're up high and we're down low and we're in the middle and we're climbing the mountain and we're going back down the other side of the mountain. And and all these things are going on. But in every season, we have to have faith in God. We have to trust him in every circumstance, in every situation, in every difficulty, and in, in every blessing, we have to trust God. Faith is such a small word for something so grand. For something so important, for something so essential. The thing of it is, my faith in God isn't dependent on your faith in God. Your faith in God isn't dependent on my faith in God. Each of us has to have our own personal faith in God for every season of our life, for everything that we're going through, for all the things that we face, we each have to have our own faith. We have to have an active faith. We have to have a living faith. We have to have a strong faith in God despite our circumstances, despite what the world is experiencing, despite what our country is experiencing, despite what you and I are experiencing, uh, experiencing individually right now. We have to choose to trust and believe in God. Romans 8.28 says, We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. It doesn't say everything is good. But it does say that God causes everything to work together for our good. Everything, whether good, whether bad, whether neutral. God will cause it to work for our good when we have faith and we put our trust in him. You know, the book of Habakkuk is only three chapters long. And and in the final chapter, Habakkuk concludes his conversation with God with another prayer. And, And this is Habakkuk. Uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and verses 17 and 19. And this was a song that Habakkuk sung. It says, I've heard all about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. And in your anger, remember your mercy. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and buried. Even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread. Upon the hides, You know, in in this final chapter, there's a shift of the emotion of Habakkuk. The questions are gone and Habakkuk begins to rejoice in God's goodness. He's moved from a place of anger and confusion to a place of faith and a place of trust. And uh, perplexity has been replaced with praise. Confusion's been replaced with confidence in God and worry's been replaced with worship. Fear's been replaced with faith. Habakkuk's strength is renewed. There's joy in his heart, and his faith is increased. My final thoughts this. You know, in Habakkuk, we have a, a great example of how we can trust God in every season of life, despite how you feel. Despite your circumstance, your faith in God will sustain you. God's sovereign. God is in control. And he's a God who listens and he responds to his people when we pray and we have a conversation with him. Remember, prayer is a conversation. Prayer isn't just going and telling God your big wish list of everything that you want. It's sitting and waiting and expecting an answer and a response from our God. So may God help us to have faith in every season of our life. We have to learn to be an all-seasons Christian. We have to trust God in every season of our life, whether we're on the mountaintop Whether we're in that valley low, whether we're climbing up the side, heading to a new mountaintop or coming off of that mountaintop, going back down into the valley. Wherever we are in our journey, God is there and he wants to take us and he wants to hold us and he wants to hold us in his arms and he wants to comfort us and tell us that he loves us. I want to let you know tonight, God loves you. No matter where you are in your journey with him. You know, the good thing about when we walk away from God, that return trip is just one step. No matter how far we've walked away from him, no matter how far we've strayed from the path, the return trip is one step. We turn and we ask God, Father, forgive me. Lord, wash me clean in your blood. Cover me, Lord, with your love. Bring me back into a right relationship with you, God. And we're back home. I appreciate you listening tonight. Appreciate you being with us. Let's continue to pray for those who are sick. Those who are fighting this virus. Let's lift them up. Pray for them. Ask God to move and intervene on their behalf. Because we know that by the stripes that Jesus bore on his back, they are healed. So tonight... Let's all just pray. Father God, we're thankful tonight, Lord. Father, for just the opportunity to come together. Father, to gather with your family via Facebook Live. Lord, to share your word for just a few minutes. God, to encourage somebody to come back home. Lord, we just honor you today, God. We thank you, Lord, that no matter where we are in our seasons of life, Lord, that you're there. That you're watching over us and you're keeping us, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that when we're in those places where we can't walk, Lord, that you carry us. God, your word says that you lift us up by your right hand, Lord. Father, that we're hidden, Lord God, in the palm of your hand, Lord God. You carry us, Lord. We honor you, God. I ask you, Father, that you just move, Lord God, that you meet every need of every person, Lord. That's listening, Lord God, under the sound of our voice, Lord. God, that you would move, Lord, that you would meet, Lord God, them at the point of their need. Lord, if they need healing in their body, Lord, we ask you, Father, that you would make them whole, Lord God, from the crown of their head, the soles of their feet, Lord. God, if they need to be restored in their relationship with you, God, Father, let them learn to turn and come back home. Father, learn, Lord God, just like David did. You know, David, your word says, was a man after your own heart, Lord. God, we know it's because he knew how to repent. Lord, he was a mess. He was a murderer and adulterer, Lord God. Father, but he knew how to repent when he failed, Lord. God, let us learn to repent quickly. God, that we would seek your face. God, that we would seek to live in peace with those around us, Lord. God, we ask you, Father, that you just move in this night, Lord. Father, be with each one, Lord. God, we praise you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord. Ask you, Father, that you just, Lord, minister to each one where they are, Lord. We honor you, God. We praise you, Lord, for your touch. Thank you, Lord God, for moving today, Lord. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you all tonight. We're so glad that you joined us. And we look forward to being with you again. God bless you.